Show. The show covering all things health, wellness, culture, and more. The show for all of us who aren't old, we're better. Each week, we'll interview superstars, experts, and ordinary people doing extraordinary things, all related to this wonderful experience of getting better, not older. Now, here's your host, the award-winning Paul Vogelzang. Welcome back to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. I'm your host, Paul Vogelzang, and today's show is brought to you by Journey Sleep Chair. We are poised to dive into a discussion that promises to enlighten and inspire. I just guarantee it. As we approach the year's end, it's the perfect time to reflect on our wellness journey and set empowering goals for the future. Our show today is part of our Fitness Friday series, and it's another great one in our Fitness Friday programs. We will be hearing from returning guest, Sabrina Joe, PhD, who will join us in just a minute. But by way of introduction, Dr. Sabrina Joe, of course, is a favorite with our Not Old Better Show audience here on radio and podcast. Sabrina Joe is the American Council on Exercise Liaison to the Scientific Advisory Panel. Sabrina Joe is also the Senior Director of Science and Research at the American Council on exercise. That's ACE. Dr. Sabrina Joe will tell us today about some very exciting research which suggests that exercising is even more important to mental health than ever before thought. Mental health is a critical aspect of overall well-being and profound implications for individuals and communities. According to the National Institutes for Health, depression increases the risk for many physical health problems, particularly long-lasting conditions like diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. Similarly, chronic conditions can increase the risk for mental illness. Physical activity empowers minds and bodies. Joining us is a remarkable figure in the world of fitness and mental health, Dr. Sabrina Joe from the American Council on Exercise. Dr. Sabrina Joe is not just a fitness expert, she's a pioneer in integrating innovative exercise psychology and approaches to wellness that resonate with all ages, especially those of us over age 60. We'll be exploring a range of vital topics today. From the links between nutrition and mental health, the transformative power of movement, to the often underestimated role of sleep in our mental well-being, Dr. Sabrina Joe will share her expert insights on how these elements, coupled with mindful breathing, can significantly enhance our quality of life and our mental health. So, whether you're looking to rejuvenate your fitness routine or seeking new ways to support your mental health, this conversation is for you. Prepare to be informed, motivated, and perhaps even transformed as we delve into these fitness crucial topics with Dr. Serena Joe. Dr. Sabrina Joe, it is great to talk to you again. Happy holidays. My best to you. Hope all's well. And it's so nice to connect again. Uh, thanks, Paul. It's great to hear from you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my, my new title. Yeah, I love it. it. I love <laughs> it. PhD. Uh, this is yeah. fantastic. Congrats on that. I just think that is a huge accomplishment and and so important. You know, the work that you and I have talked about, science-related, research-based, this is all important stuff when it comes to fitness. My audience just loves it, hangs on every word, and <laughs> your credentials matter. So congrats to you. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. 
Well, we have talked about this wonderful intersection between fitness and mental health before, and I'm going to expand on that just a little bit and bring in to the subject of fitness and mental health, nutrition, sleep, breathing, the connectedness between all of that. And I wonder if we can just start with just this overarching question about, and and maybe just briefly, because we'll, we'll get into this, but maybe briefly describe how regular physical activity really does impact. Now, there's some real data and science behind this. And ACE, your organization, ACE Fitness, uh, the American Council on Exercise, has been doing some wonderful research and, and scientific study into this. And so one, why don't you touch on how it helps us manage some of these conditions like depression and anxiety in particular? Yeah, great topic, Paul. I'm really glad that you had me on to talk about this because in terms of overall physical and mental health, um, physical activity and exercise definitely plays a role, specifically when we're talking about depression and anxiety. And if you're talking about the intersection where physical activity and exercise really comes in to support mental health, there's this long list of things. So I'll go over a few quickly. Stop me Perfect. anytime oh, you this need is great. to. No, really great. Yep. No. <laughs> um, but first and foremost, and what I love about this, um, first kind of section that I'm going to talk about is that this happens immediately. A lot of times with exercise and fitness routines, it sometimes takes a few months to really recognize um, some of the benefits. But when we're talking about mental health and psychological well-being and depression and anxiety, sometimes within even that first exercise session, you will notice, hmm. if you're really paying attention, you'll notice some of these benefits. So, for example, the release of endorphins and neurotransmitters happens right away within an exercise session. And these are natural brain chemicals that can enhance your sense of well-being. Um, and so think of things like serotonin and, and norepinephrine. Um, and these things have been tied to reductions in depression and anxiety. Um, there's also a reduction in stress hormones when you take part in physical activity, um, such as adrenaline and cortisol, and that helps in alleviating feelings of anxiety and tension. Um, also, improved sleep is a result of regular physical activity, and anything that can help you regulate your sleep patterns has a profound effect on how you feel throughout the day and um, relief in some symptoms of anxiety and depression. Um, when you are regularly physically active, people report enhanced self-esteem and confidence, which just helps you navigate your day in a more positive way. Um, there's some good strong evidence in the cognitive benefits when you're physically active. Um, which can lead to sharper memory and actually, um, structural changes in the brain as a result of regular physical activity. And those structural changes have to do with areas like the, the hippocampus, which is related to memory and as also like dealing with stress and perceived stresses. Um, and then while you're doing physical activity, a lot of people find that physical activity serves as a distraction or a time to be free from some of the stresses or thoughts that may be troubling you. People often report 
doing physical activity is a great way to deal with stress and to cope with stress because it kind of gives them a time out really of, of all the racing thoughts. Huh. Um, and, and that I've been going on for a while now. So that's kind of well, my initial list. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> so let list. Let me know if you have any questions. Well, <laughs> yeah. And honestly, so much of that just on its just it's very just the very face of it just makes so much sense you know if we exercise we fatigue ourselves we're a little more tired we sleep better as a result of being a little more fatigued that sleep has beneficial impacts on our overall mental health as well as the the body's digestive system and all of this stuff plays a role let's let's talk for for a second about nutrition's role because that really does have an impact. What we put into our mouth has an impact on our, our brain. So dietary considerations are important here too, but why don't you spend a minute or two talking about how what we eat can improve our mental well-being too, because there's certainly a correlation there. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to nutrition, most people have heard of the the, the macronutrients, and, and these are the, the big building blocks of our diet. So think of carbohydrate, fat, and protein. And carbohydrate, or you know, one of its smallest smallest components in the bloodstream called glucose, when we eat carbs, the body breaks those down into glucose. Well, the brain and the central nervous system basically run on glucose. So if you are not feeding yourself enough of that nutrient, it can definitely affect the brain and the nerves. Um, and then if we come to fat, fat is a major building block of brain tissue actually. And specifically the research around omega uh, three fatty acids. So the, the kind of fatty acids that you find in fish and, um, and walnuts and, and, and you know, just what you think of as healthy foods those healthy fats play a huge part in, uh, huge part in supporting brain health. Um, and then protein is made up of essential amino acids. And interestingly, those essential amino acids actually cross the blood-brain barrier and become incorporated into the cell membranes of the brain. So, you know, eating a diet that is has plentiful essential amino acids as well as other types of amino acids in the form of protein is really essential for brain function in terms of enzyme production um, and neurotransmitters. And we talked about serotonin before, but that's important for mood stabilization. So really getting a good balance of the carbs, the proteins and the fat really do support brain health. And if you think about it, it supports whole body health too. Like those are important for other parts of the body as well. And then lastly, I'll just touch on vitamins and minerals. Um, and those often come just from the variety of foods that we eat. And those are crucial for enzyme production um, and brain signaling. Um, and then even turning glucose into the substance that the brain can use for fuel. And it's also important in the immune process. So uh, honestly, probably nothing new or, <laughs> you know, no, no breaking news here. Eating a balanced <laughs> healthy nutritional diet will really support brain health. And, and so what research has revealed is that what's good for the body is good for the brain. So 
plenty of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean protein, and, and adequate hydration, Mo hopefully mostly in the form of water, but other fluids work as well. Um, and this has the greatest potential for supporting the brain and the body. So the last thing I'll say about nutrition is that there's a lot of research lately on the gut microbiome mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. that tends to be a popular topic in in news and research. Yeah. And the way that I just described about healthy eating is also really supportive of the gut microbiome. And one of the things that they're finding is that the more variety, the better. Mm -hmm. And so if you can think about variety in the plants that you eat, the fruits and vegetables, you're supporting the gut microbiome, which kind of in this cyclical manner supports the brain as well. They kind of support each other. Fascinating. Yeah, while this isn't necessarily breaking news, as, as you suggest, it's so important to really drive this home. I've been so impressed. I, you know, I'm a fan, <laughs> Dr. Joe, Sabrina Joe, I'm, I'm a fan, and, and you do such amazing work at, at the American Council on Exercise, ACE. I saw recently the five-hour live educational event that talked about many of these subjects, the link between nutrition and mental health, the movement for mental health, the brain and mental health that you, you just kind of touched on. I think I'd like to hear a little bit more about movement and the mind and maybe just share some of the insights from this, the, the latest research that's been conducted. Some of the research that you even shared at this uh, five-hour event, you, of course, kicked off the event, and I'm sure you've had great feedback on it. And um, I know our audience would love to hear a little bit more about this idea of how does walking, yoga, strength training affect our mental state and, and our stress levels at the same time? Yeah, great question. Um, because these different types of physical activity and exercise contribute in different ways. And when you can incorporate a very comprehensive, balanced, you know, fitness routine, you're really getting the benefits of all these different ways that I'm about ready to talk with you about. So first off, things, um, things that really promote a mind-body connection. The first thing that comes to mind is yoga. Mm -hmm. um, those types of things really emphasize mindfulness and breathing, and that can lead to really um, a, just a greater self-awareness and a better, better ability to control and tap into what's called the, the parasympathetic response. Um, so the sympathetic response is when we're really activated and we're, we're hard charging, like maybe if you're doing a a HIT workout, a high intensity interval training mm -hmm, workout. Mm -hmm. We've talked about those but, before. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But then there's this other part of, you know, the normal balanced state where it's the opposite of that, where you're taking deep breaths, you're resting, you're digesting, you're, you're doing all of the kind of the important physiological processes that are going on in the background that are subconscious that you don't really think about, but it's important for your body to rest and recover so that those things can balance any high intensity work you do. So the point is with the yoga is sure yoga is moving and there's important benefits to that, but mm -hmm. it also really emphasizes deep breathing and feeling awareness within your body. So that's so important for that, that brain body connection. Um, and of course, 
Yoga also helps reduce stress. That's part of the, the deep breathing and, and the gentle movements and stretching. Um, it's also been associated with an increase in serotonin levels, which brings about better move and, and helps with decreasing stress. Um, and then, of course, you can't deny the, the benefits of the flexibility. So mm -hmm. yoga is great for balance and mobility and flexibility. So that's just one type of exercise. Um, and, you know, I've, I've touched on a few others. So let's talk about walking because mm -hmm. walking is so accessible. Anyone yeah. can do yeah. it. It doesn't require special knowledge or training. Most people can walk. Um, and so walking is is hands down, in my opinion, one of the first places to start if you're thinking of becoming more physically active. Um, because like I mentioned, it was simple. Anybody can do it. But um, especially if you take a brisk walk in um, a natural environment, sometimes called green spaces, it just means where you can see trees and grass, mm -hmm. that there's some convincing evidence to show that that actually helps to reduce anxiety and improve mood. Um, and that's, as I mentioned before, really important for mental health. Um, and it, if, if you add a friend on your walk, then you can get that important social um, benefit of, of walking with, with mental health because it helps reduce loneliness and isolation. Um, and then Lastly, I'll touch on strength training because I think, especially for perhaps people um, who listen to your show, um, who are, let's say they're 40 and older in that age range, resistance training or strength training is so important for our function as we age because we think of, you know, how, how it helps with muscular strength, bone density even, but... Strength training also increases endorphins, like other forms of exercise that can help improve mood um, and create feelings of happiness. Um, it's also great for stress relief. And it's also been linked to cognitive improvement. So brain health is also associated with regular strength training. Um, so from what I've just described, you know, all these different modes of exercise kind of approach different parts of health and wellness a little differently but when you do this wide range of activity it really does the most to support comprehensive health Hi, it's paul we'll be right back with dr sabrina joe and more on the 2024 health and wellness innovations but i wanted to remind everybody that today's show is proudly brought to you by the perfect sleep Chair. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about the game changer that is the perfect sleep chair. You see, I love being home on Sundays, rooting for the Niners. The Niners are killing it this year. I love it. I was born in San Francisco and lived there for many years before moving here to the D.C. area. But I love catching all the action. Recently, I discovered something that has truly revolutionized my TV watching experience the perfect sleep chair for the perfect well almost niners <laughs> this chair my friends is not just any chair it's the best chair money can buy for settling in on those long tv watching sessions whether it's cheering for my beloved niners 
binging on Netflix, or staying updated with the nightly news. The Perfect Sleep Chair is now my go-to companion for all things TV. They call it the Perfect Sleep Chair, but it is so much more than that. It's your throne in your castle. Forget about your old couch. It's time to upgrade to first class with the Perfect Sleep Chair. This chair can do it all from therapeutic heat to reclining in an infinite number of positions to helping you stand up with ease. And most importantly, oh my gosh, it's just insanely comfortable. The Perfect Sleep Chair is proudly crafted by Journey Health and Lifestyle with over 20 years of experience. They're based right outside Washington, D.C., so pretty close by. They hold an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. You can trust in their quality and commitment to comfort. Personally, I can't stop raving about the perfect sleep chair. It's changed how I watch TV. It's so incredibly comfortable. I've never experienced anything like it. I've been telling everyone, including my wife, (laughs) Gretchen, about it. Just the other day, I was enjoying a fantastic movie night in my perfect sleep chair. It was like I was in my own personal cinema, and the comfort was just unparalleled. Well, Gretchen discovered the chair, of course, (laughs) and she can be found there regularly. Tight spaces make for fun, 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 if you know what I mean. And for those of you who appreciate style, the perfect sleep chair doesn't compromise on quality. It's available in various fabrics, including genuine leather. So if you're in the market for the ultimate TV watching chair this winter, especially during those playoffs, head to sleepjourney.com slash NOB and use the promo code NOB at checkout for an incredible $125 off your order. Yep, that's right, $125 off. Don't forget to use my code NOB. And if you call them, please mention that because that way they know that we've sent you. Upgrade your TV watching game with the perfect sleep chair, your throne for comfort and relaxation. Visit shopjourney.com slash NOB today. Thanks, everybody. Our guest today is Dr. Sabrina Joe. Dr. Sabrina Joe is the American Council on Exercise Liaison to the Scientific Advisory Panel. Dr. Joe is also the Senior Director of Science and Research at the American Council on Exercise. It's always so great to talk to you, and 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 I know you're always so willing to to give us lots of uh, great advice and help. And 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 I want to. I want to stretch for just a moment and and ask you a favor. Uh, if you just demonstrate something for us, and, and you can do this by teaching us, so you can do it in an audio and in, in an audible fashion. But you mentioned breathing, and I I wonder if you just demonstrate uh, just a simple breathing exercise that our listeners can practice daily to enhance their mental clarity reduce stress, get into this kind of mind-body state, especially to tie it back into this idea of kind of pausing the brain from stress. I love that when you mentioned that earlier. Yes, and that that's a really important aspect of trying to separate or, or take a, a beat, take a, yeah. a time break from yeah. something that maybe you just perceived as stressful and giving yourself a little bit of time before you react to it. And breathing is 
something that we all do. <laughs> and you can really harness the power of breath to work for you when we're talking about trying to relax and, um, you know, help with that stress relief. So one thing that, that I think is so simple um, and but can be done anywhere in the moment is I, I like to use my hands, five fingers. Hmm. So take any hand, your favorite hand, and imagine inhaling as you, if you start your with your hand in, in a ball or a fist and inhale long enough for each of your fingers to open up. So imagine just every finger one at a time coming open so that you've got an open hand. Okay. And while you do that, take a big inhale. So do it with me. Take uh -huh. your hand into a fist. Yep. And as you inhale, open each finger one by one. And then exhale for that same amount of time. Return each finger. So now you've got your, your fist again. Mm -hmm. And what you can do is you can play with the duration of how long it takes you to do the inhale with the five fingers and then the exhale with the five fingers. Nice. Practice with making that longer mm -hmm. as you get more used to it. Mm. And even holding for a pause once you've opened your palm all the way before you decide to you know, exhale again back down as you curl your fingers into your fist. That's great. And so all that does, honestly, is it activates that parasympathetic nervous system that I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. and it gives you a little bit of a break between something that you just perceived as being stressful and how you're going to react to it. It gives your your executive functioning brain a little bit of time to make perhaps a better decision, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's so helpful. I've got my left hand up. I'm doing it right now, right along with you. I think all of our <laughs> audience can do it just right at the very same time with us. Well, I want to talk for a second about um, the industry, the fitness industry, which has taken um, a real, you know, uh, a tough, uh, you know, had, had a tough couple of years kind of post-COVID, post-isolation. Uh, I think people's ideas about exercise are, are changing. In my own personal experience, our local gym uh, closed. And, and that, that's always a blow to us. But I wonder if you'll tell us a little bit about Go back to this point that you made about social connectedness for, for mental health. How can a fitness professional foster this sense of community with their clients? And how do we as clients ask for that so that we're getting all of the benefits? Because the physical side of it is important. The breathing part of it, all of that is crucial. But there's an important social connectedness that we, that we probably need to request from our, social, from, our, from our fitness professionals. Would you agree? Yes, and that was part of what I learned during my um, dissertation research. Yeah. Hugely important that the fitness leader or the the group coach is so important in setting up the environment mm -hmm. so that not only do the participants feel connected to the instructor or the coach, but also to the people surrounding them as part of the class itself. And so... One of the things that we showed with the research was that the better able a fitness instructor is in bringing people together um, in this shared experience 
of fitness, the more higher the quality of motivation that the participants in the class report, which meant that they were more interested in returning and adhering to the program. Mm -hmm. And so I think of, of kind of, you know, setting up a situation where everyone in that setting feels respected, um, feels like they are part of this larger thing happening with a common goal. Like we're all in this together. We're all, Mm -hmm. we're all, trying to improve our health. We're here for self-care, really. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the instructor should make a point never to um, punish mistakes. Uh, <laughs> mistakes are such a huge part of learning. Anyone with kids knows that. <laughs> but yeah. as an adult, yeah. we're still making mistakes all the time. <laughs> um, and so learning from those mistakes is in a safe space, like in a group when you're trying to learn a new exercise, where you know that you can trust your instructor and the participants around you are all there to support you instead of make fun of you or, you know, your imagination can run wild. But mm-hmm. the thing is that the safer we feel in a group, the more free we are to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's where the learning begins. And so I, to kind of answer your question, I would say that if you're in a situation where you're in a class, for example, and you kind of feel disconnected from the instructor and the people around you, or you feel like, like you, you, you're afraid to make mistakes. You're afraid to speak up or stand out because that might be seen as something to be reprimanded for. I would maybe try to find a a better group Mm. (laughs) because all we're trying to do is have some self care in the form of physical activity and reduce socialized uh, isolation, especially if we're with others. So your feeling of belongingness and safety in that group really is the most important thing. I just think it, it is so crucial. And especially as we're seeking out this professional guidance on, on fitness, we need to take that into account, our social connectedness and how we can ask for that and feel as though not only is the topic Uh, an important one, but that we're important to the topic and important enough to the group that we bring that in so that we can all get it. And that only adds to our commitment to the overall fitness, but our commitment to our own mental health. Dr. Joe, I want to ask you about some of the work that the National Institutes of Health and the National Institutes of Mental Health has been doing, because that, that had some bearing on your most recent live educational event through ACE. And I wonder if you could talk for just a second or two about some of the NIH research, because that's very science-based and our audience very much appreciates the connection between science and mental health and and physical well-being. And so in particular, there is this real interplay between chronic illness, mental health, exercise plays a role there too. Maybe tell us what NIH has found on that subject because that's very powerful and meaningful and um, I think relevant too in this conversation. Yeah, great question. The The National Institutes of Health or NIH um, really it, related to mental illness and prevention of mental illness, which really is everyone in societies, that should be all of our concern. Um, there's a multifaceted nature of mental health that requires coming at it from 
as many aspects uh, and supporting it as much as possible from all means we have necessary. And so what the NIH highlighted was that physical fitness, being physically active, plays a significant role. Um, and really through some of the ways that we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. And so the... Um, Are you still there? I am. Yeah. Can you? Can okay. You sorry. Hear me? No, that's okay. Yeah. My my um. It looked to me like my app crashed, but I guess we're still connected. Yeah. Okay. I'm hearing you. You're you're showing up fine here on all of the meters and um looking real strong. So that, okay, that's so weird. Sorry. Awesome. Okay. No worries. All right. So. I can set I can set it up again too. I or or, or I thought you had a you had a really nice point there, and I could segue into this idea of you know some of the NIH insights into mental health and 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 some some of the ideas that NIH has about mental illness prevention and how fitness really does play a role there. And this is this is not just you know, acefitness.org saying this, although that's powerful, but this is the National Institutes of Health. This is really something that is um, coming together in a lot of different venues, and and we can't ignore the importance of this. Absolutely. And and just like I was saying before, so in terms of, you know, the, the NIH perspective, the prevention of mental health issues is an important for all of us to consider. And one of the ways that we might be able to proactively do something about this is through being physically active. And so the ways in which we can do this, we can affect mental health through fitness and activity is, uh, <laughs> hopefully I don't sound like a broken record, but all the stuff we said before. Yeah, so yeah. what the evidence really does show that mm-hmm. stress reduction, mm-hmm. that enhanced brain function, improvement of sleep quality, boosting self-esteem and confidence, the social interaction, the community building, when you do it in groups, um, the the brain chemistry, so the neurotransmitters and the endorphins that are enhanced with exercise. Um, and just really, once you begin to integrate physical fitness as a lifestyle, as part of your lifestyle, so many benefits come around that affect mental health. And that's, that's really what was shown in the NIH report. So um, if we're thinking about physical activity as a strategy for mental health support, yes, um, we can think first and foremost of consistency over intensity. Hmm. So if you're getting started, um, not you know, try not to focus so much on going so hard that, you know, it really tires you out or makes you out of breath. Honestly, it's just about moving your body and doing it consistently throughout the week. So the more you can do it, the better. Um, and it doesn't have to be punishing or painful. I think that's an important point because a lot of times people, you know, maybe take on a, a new exercise program and think that, it's it's really got to be this very um, punishing and structured um, mm. activity, but it really doesn't have to be. We talked about walking before, which yeah. is a wonderful activity. Um, and then 
Also for mental health support, a variety of activities is important. Like we talked about doing the different types of exercising. So the stretching, the cardio, the resistance training, and the balance training, all that stuff yeah. really come together to support mental health. And then lastly, I would say, and I'm, you know, from my perspective, I'm going to argue it's one of the most important things is to really find an individualized approach because the public health recommendations for physical activity are very broad. I mean, they, they say get 150 minutes of physical activity mm -hmm, <clears throat> every week. Mm -hmm. And how you do that <laughs> can be a bit uh, overwhelming and or or how do you do that? Like, right. if, if you don't have a background in exercise like I do, how would you structure, what, what would that look like in your week? So mm -hmm. It can sound like a you, lot. It, it is. Mm -hmm. it, it, it does sound like a lot, but yeah. it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be very individualized and tailored to you and your lifestyle. And when you work with um, an exercise professional who not only understands how to exercise, pro, uh, how to program exercise safely and effectively, but also understands you as a person, I think that's where we can really get some great synergy between the, um, you know, the mental health and the physiological health, because everything is, uh, you know, suited to the individual. So it's not stressful. It's not too much. It's not, um, it, it takes into account the person's history. So helpful. All of this is actionable. We, we can do this. And, um, and dear audience, Sabrina Joe is, is just a great resource for us. Dr. Sabrina Joe has been our guest today. I think we're at the end of the year, uh, Dr. Joe, and I wonder if you have observed any interesting emerging trends, innovations in the fitness industry that um, maybe can take us into the new year and um, particularly will have some impact, significant impact perhaps on on our mental health. Anything that you've noticed that has just really caught your eye? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Can you uh, hear? I don't know what is going on with can, this. Can you hear, <laughs> can you hear me? Okay. I can. Okay. Yeah. Cause you sound, you're as strong as can be really. I mean, okay. it's just, yeah, the, the meter is just popping nicely. Okay, good. I, the app, I had to reinstall it right before our call, and it's really doing some wild stuff here. So this is just, the Skype app that you've got? Yes, yes. Wow. Okay, yeah. Honestly, I think Skype may not be long for the world. I'm in the process of kind of um, trying to find a replacement, truthfully, and, and it, it has not been easy, and um, Skype has worked so well because oftentimes I'm interviewing people that, you know, are my age or older and we're not exactly, you know, the most tech savvy bunch. And so Skype is just one of those um, tried and true, easy solutions, but I may have to opt for something else. I'm sorry you're having trouble, but on my side, boy, it's really coming in loud, just perfectly. You just sound great. Okay, good. Well, I'm, I, I keep... Uh, getting afraid that we're getting cut off. So, okay. So you were setting up the yeah the latest trends. Yeah. So just uh, you know, here we are at year end, and um, bound to be some emerging trends or innovations that may have caught your eye with respect to the fitness industry, and in particular how 
how is the fitness industry folding in this whole idea of mental health and its importance that NIH has stressed, that ACE Fitness has stressed, that your own research has stressed? All of this is coming together so well. What's next? Yeah, well, of course, we we always think of technology when we think of mm-hmm. <laughs> like new new things happening in the in the space and uh, i would say that's true there there is wearable technology um, that not only tracks like our our physical fitness activities but also um, things like stress levels sleep quality um, mood the, these things can give us information and data about you know, our, our ups and downs, like how we're going through our days. And that can be actionable um, if we really start to understand some of the trends that we notice. So mm-hmm. for, I guess an example would be if you notice because you're able to kind of track it that you're stressed throughout the day, during those times where you're noticing it, you're stressed, maybe try one of the that, that five-finger breathing yeah. exercise. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah, so something that's real actionable right away. Um, there's trending in the industry, which I'm very happy to see, is kind of a renewed interest in recovery and rest. Hmm. Um, because when a person stresses their body through exercise, really the the most important part about becoming more fit and, and rebuilding is the rest. Yeah. So if you're, if you're constantly pushing hard and you're not allowing your body to recover and rest, then you're constantly breaking down and you're never rebuilding. And I'm kind of seeing this, um, you know, a, a trend towards people being interested in rest and recovery. Like there, there's some devices and tools, like maybe you've seen the foam rollers or the, mm-hmm. oh, those, I forget what they're called, but they're like, <laughs> they're like, soft tissue guns that kind of give you percussive massage. Yes, I have seen those. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. I I just think I'm I'm happy to see stuff like that because that is about recovery. Um, And that's an important part of of fitness that sometimes people forget. Um, Another thing that I'm really, really happy to see more of is the the more inclusive and body positive type of fitness trends Mm. where the focus is on moving your body and nothing related to appearance. Mm. (laughs) And I think for mental health, that's so important for, for all stages of life. Like we don't need to compare ourselves to unrealistic standards anymore. Just stop it. (laughs) It's (laughs) we, we don't need that to be healthy and it's certainly not doing any favors for our mental health. Um, so where if you can find yourself in a space that really embraces body positivity, inclusivity, um, whether that be in your gym, your fitness classes, or just even in your social media, like try to um, surround yourself with things that are positive, enhancing concepts around fitness that have nothing to do with body weight and appearance. Um, and I think it's becoming easier and easier to do that these days. Um, and then lastly, I'll just say, you know, I, this is a personal bias of mine, of course, because of my research, but the the ability to, you know, have 
physical activity in community spaces and the ability to connect with others to be physically active can transform your motivation to want to be a part of a physical activity program. So seek out those social experiences and embrace what your community has to offer because um, communities, especially now that we're through through the pandemic, um, for the most part, mm-hmm. there really are more opportunities to get out and be social with people while you move. And I think that's an important part of um, you know having that good quality motivation to do it. Great. Dr. Sabrina Joe, our guest, returning guest to the program and audience favorite. So nice to talk to you again. Sabrina Joe is on the executive team at the American Council on Exercise, also a member of the Scientific Advisory Panel. Dr. Joe is the Senior Director of Science and Research at ACE, the American Council on Exercise. We'll have links so that our audience can find out more about Dr. Joe, her work, all of this wonderful Uh, material that she has brought and shared with us today. We will make sure and provide you with links so that you can find it easily too. But Dr. Joe, good to talk to you. And um, thanks for this kind of year-end review. It's so helpful. And I know our audience is just going to really... You know, take pause and and pay attention. You you've always got such great great things to say, and and you're so upbeat and positive, and that's appreciated as well. But my best to you and yours. Have a great holiday, and um, certainly we're going to follow up with you. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, Paul, and I love it that you're also excited about all the stuff that yeah. I'm excited about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, I I am, and I do think it. Um, it keeps me healthy and it it boosts my mood. It does all the things that you say. And again, not necessarily breaking news here, but just important to remind, but also update. And, and you've done that in such a such a great way. And and I I think I'm I'm a great test subject for you. I always take your advice to heart and um, hang on on all of your your words. And I know our audience does as well. We can all we can all do this. And I think it's important to just take some of these steps and. Pay attention and try because, boy, does it matter to our physical bodies and our mental health and well-being. Well said. Couldn't say it better. Oh, you, you'd <laughs> say it much better. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm repeating, I think, at this point. <laughs> but great to talk to you. Have a great holiday, Sabrina, and I'll be following up. Absolutely. Thanks. You too, Paul. My thanks always to Dr. Sabrina Joe, American Council on Exercise Liaison, to the Scientific Advisory Panel, and the Senior Director of Science and Research. Sabrina Joe joined us today. We're so appreciative of her returning value to the show. She's just great always to talk to. Of course, my thanks to Journey Sleep Chair for sponsoring the show, and to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience here on radio and podcast. Please be well, be safe, and let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Please keep your emails coming to me with show ideas, especially after the first of the year. I love your suggestions and comments. You can email me directly at info at notold-better.com. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. 
Thanks for joining us this week on the Not Old Better Show. To find out more about all of today's stories or to view our extensive back catalog of previous shows, simply visit notold-better.com. Join us again next time as we deep dive into some of the most fascinating real-life stories from across the world, all focused on this wonderful experience of getting better, not just old. Let's talk about